When running a business, your employees can create all kinds of interesting situations, like getting complaints because someone on the team always smells horrible. You better talk to Bambi. With Bambi, get access to your own dedicated HR manager starting at just $99 per month. They're available by phone, email, and real-time chat, so onboarding and terminations run smoothly. Team members reach peak performance, and your business stays compliant with changing HR regulations. And with Bambi's HR Autopilot, you'll automate important HR practices like setting policies, training, and feedback. Bambi's U.S.-based personnel are dedicated to your business, giving you access to the HR expertise and personal touch you need. HR managers can easily cost $80,000 per year, but Bambi starts at $99 per month. Schedule your free conversation today to see how much Bambi can take off your plate. Visit Bambi.com slash C-Suite right now. Spelled B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash C-Suite. Bambi.com slash C-Suite. Megan Gibson. The well-being of one person in a family affects the whole family system. This is a supportive community to share research, resources, stories, tips, and life hacks to keep the family brain healthy. Hi, and thanks for listening to The Family Brain. I'm your host, Megan Gibson, and I'm super excited today to be talking with Darnell Rice, who is the Director of Membership and Engagement or the Confess Project. So one of the reasons I started this podcast was just to get resources out into the world that exist for mental health. And I just get really excited when I hear about new ways to make mental health more accessible and taking away a lot of the stigma that comes with attending to mental health. So I'm very excited to talk to Darnell. And He is a part of the Confess Project, which is a grassroots organization started by Lorenzo Lewis. And this is America's first mental health barbershop movement. Uh, They're committed to building a culture of mental health for boys, men of color, and their families. And what I love about this is they meet people and black men and black boys where they are, which is the barbershop. And it was fun to talk to him a little bit about the community of a barbershop and the level of respect that barbershops and barbers have in their communities. And Lorenzo Lewis's concept is that if they can teach and train the barbers to be mental health advocates and support service to their communities, it is reaching people in a way and taking away some of the stigma related to seeking mental health services. And I just love the concept. I just think it's one of those ideas that makes you wonder how has this not been done before because it's just so smart and makes so much sense. So I hope you enjoy listening to Darnell and learning about their project, and he will provide information. If you have a barbershop and you want to be a part of this program, you can check them out. Or if you want to support the work that they're doing in communities, especially communities that have been underserved with mental health resources, uh, please check out the Confess Project. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, Darnell. Thank you so much for joining me on The Family Brain today. Yes, thank you for having me, Megan. It's it's definitely an honor and a pleasure. 
So I was thinking about how I came to find out about the Confess Project, and I can't really trace back where I first saw it. And I've been following the project on Instagram, and I know someone told, like, I got the information from somewhere. It didn't just appear. But um, I wonder if you could talk a little bit about what the, well, actually, first, could you tell me a little bit about you and how you came to be involved in the Confess Project? Well, um, Megan, I came to the Confess Project through a um, classmate of mine. I was actually going to college on a master's level program. And, you know, I was, you know, about to to graduate. And, you know, I was going through a lot of uh, barriers, mental illness, you know, uh, dealing with, you know, myself, uh, you know, being in a dead end job and just trying to really, you know, find, find myself and really, you know, try to get some, some assistance. And uh, I remember Tim is his name, you know, Tim was my classmate and it was at a, at a barbecue where I met Lorenzo Lewis. And, uh, you know, I was, I was actually about to give up, you know, just give up on life and just really, you know, check out. And, uh, you know, I went to the barbecue and, and I just was like, you know, uh, we met and he was like, uh, Darnell, you know, I want to exchange your number and really start to really have those intimate conversations about, you know, where I am at this point and where I want to go. And so, you know, uh, he was like, got my phone number and he called me and he was like, uh, you know, I, you know, I want to want to just have a conversation with you and just tell me about your life, you know. And so when I got to the Confess Project, I was really at a broken place you know, dead end job, making nine twenty five an hour and, you know, and, and really working at a dead end job and knowing that I had a greater vision and greater purpose in my life, you know? And so I was just like, I, I'm needing an organization. I'm needing something to hold on to, to give, to give me hope and resilience. I had the conversation with Lorenzo and he said, I, I want you to come, you know, be a part of the best project. Started doing my research and, and really, I was like, this is this is what I need at this point. I had a conversation, and I I started as a volunteer for the organization. I started traveling with Lorenzo to uh, barbershop talks across the country. We went to uh, Louisville, Kentucky, which is beyond the shop uh, presentation, and that was my first opportunity to showcase my uh, my story and my testimony to to men of color and black boys in a barbershop because, you know, I knew that the importance of the barbershop, when you think about the barbershop, it's, it's a staple of the, the black community. And, you know, barbers are, are not just, you know, no barbers, you know, so I was able, I was nervous, you know, first time being able to speak my truth and honor the present, the past and, and, and also the future of, of, of black men and boys and, and just really, you know, honoring that space. And I tell you, you know, my first time speaking, you know, I was nervous, but I knew I was in the right place. Mm-hmm. And I had the opportunity to connect with, with all men from all walks of life, from, from blue collar to white collar, all men, mm-hmm. you know? And so for me, it was an opportunity to, to be a part of something bigger than myself and to honor, honor, you know, myself and, you know, and, and other, other men of men of color and black boys that were suffering in silence. You know, I, I had 
bouts with depression, PTSD, anxiety, you know, being that provider, protector, and priest of the home, you know, especially, you know, in the black community, you know, we have to, we always have to hold our, hold our stance. We always have to, you know, always have to go the extra mile. We don't have enough, you know, access to services. So for me, it was a, it was a win-win for me to, to join forces with the Confess Project and, and be the voice, you know, the voice for, for, for us in the community, especially the, the communities of color, because historically we have been at the bottom. When you talk about the Confess Project, so my understanding, oh, I meant to write it down. Dang it. There is a, there is a, the vision. Do you know the vision statement? Yes. Was, what, I should, of course you do. What, what is the vision <laughs> statement? Because I read it and I was like, that is just so powerful. And I meant to write so it down. It's like with our bar, the barbershop, it, it's one, I am more than my clippers. Mm-hmm. One, one, one client at a time. You know, so basically that barber has the power behind the chair. Mm-hmm. because a barber has a level of professionalism, a level of integrity, but a level of community because a lot of our, um, our barbers, you know, they have lived experiences mm-hmm. and they're able to leverage those lived experiences to help their clients reach the best version of themselves by therapy. Because we know, especially in the black community, we don't we don't get access and we don't have clinicians that look like us. Two percent of of clinicians, you know, are of, of color. That's a problem. How do we work to I, that was one of my questions in um, learning more about training the barbers. And I just think I mean, it gives me chills. The concept is just so amazing. And I think it seems like it almost is one of those so good, how has this not been done before kind of things? Well, when you think about it, you know, when you think about a barbershop movement, you think about, you know, grassroots, you think about organizing, you think about strategizing, you know, the people. Because once you plot, once you strategize, once you build, once you, you know, get the people together and have them organized, then you can develop a movement. So when we think about the Confess Project, we are doing stuff that's unconventional, unapologetic, and we're doing innovative things in ways that that is beyond measure. Um, I, I can tell you that um, you know when going into the barbershop and 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 being that that presence of resilience and hope that gives the next man of color and black boy an opportunity to say you know what i'm going to keep going i'm going to continue to strive and continue to be the best version of myself because it it all starts with the internal work we have to do the internal work inside because you know you know of this hurt people hurt people we in communities of color we've been dealt with so much hurt over the past 600 years we need to make sure that we are moving in a direction where it's equality and also being empowered. Oh, I love your story about being at the barbecue and feeling like you had a net, like somebody was listening to your story and was like, okay, we got you. And it seems like that's what you're providing with training the barbers. Yes, yes. Community. <clears throat> 
And really it's hard. So as a therapist myself, it's hard to be the net sometimes. So you're creating a net for the net also so that the barbers then have a place like, shoot, this person just told me this thing. Now, what do I do? You know, just, and maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe it's something they can handle on their own, but what kind of um, training do you give to the barber so that they don't feel so alone in, in, in that being a resource? So, you know, our barbershop training consists of four principles, positive communication. Hey, how you doing? Example, I'm, hey, I'm, you're rocking it today. How are you feeling? Checking in with the barbers, making sure that giving them an opportunity to be positive towards their clients and each other. Validation. I hear you. I understand you. How can I help you? How can I be a service to you? Validation, stigma reduction, you know, breaking that stigma saying, hey, it's okay not to be okay. Because a lot of times we 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 hold this mask mm-hmm. over our, our, our faces because we don't want the world to see our vulnerability. We don't want the world to see how much pain and hurt we've endured. So it's like we wear a mask every day mm-hmm. before we wake up and go have to go out into this world mm-hmm. because this world is vicious, this world is hurtful. And just imagine with communities of color, we've had to wear that mask for so long. Well, it's interesting to l- listen to you talk about mental illness, which if I know mental illness to be a real thing, but then sometimes I wonder within communities of color, is this mental illness or is this a reasonable response to horrible circumstances? Do you know what I mean? And sometimes yes. mental illness is kind of like, what's going on with you? But it's not really it's, it's about not. It's, it's, it's not. About it's not. Bigger. The, the whole big, the bigger picture, because think about it. Think about generational trauma. Think about unresolved trauma. Think about, you know, all the different traumas that communities of color had to endure over, over decades. It doesn't stop. And it's, it's not been stopping. Let's look at our climate right now. When you think about the police brutality, when you think about, you know, um, you know, the systematic racism, it's not, it's not stopping because if you think about it, think about, you know, Aubrey, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd. When we think about those, you know, those people, it's like, okay, we have some serious problems. And for us, it's like we had to take a stand as a as the Confess Project to say, you know what, we are for communities. We want, we want, we want what's right for the community. And we will stand with communities of color and also other community leaders as well to say, hey, what can we do to, to, to change the narrative and change the trajectory of life? Because we know how important it is for communities of color to move forward and not just be tolerated. Because with barbers, they're appreciated, they're loved, they're respected, and they're honored. Mm-hmm. And we want to make sure that they're honored and their clients are honored as well and make sure that the spaces that they have that they have a safe and brave space to share their stories yeah. and share their experiences. Because I can tell you from, from, you know, personal experience, I was able to share my testimony to other men for them to be better. And I think that when you share your story, it gives someone permission 
to feel safe to share their own story. When you you start with the vulnerability yourself, mm-hmm. it gives people that space to be like, oh, he he, it it hasn't just been a constant climb upwards for him. He's had bumps, and I can mm-hmm. have bumps too, and that's okay. Yes, and so we do a four you know four principles, and we teach our barbers that when you when you when you go through the four principles you use those principles to develop a relationship with your clients because it's all about building the relationship and building community within the barbershop and within the community because a lot of barbers, you know, after three haircuts, you're a friend. So after that, after three haircuts, they're able to build the relationship and will be able to say, hey, here is resources. Here, here are therapist that you can go to and talk to here here is hotlines that you can go to to seek assistance but at the same time we have to start somewhere mm-hmm. and where we started was in the barbershop because the barbershop is the gatekeepers and the importance to the community the barbers are and the barbershop because mm-hmm. you get a barbershop for instance that's been in the community for 30 years that's a landmark that is a landmark. So guess what? It has importance, it has reverence, and it has honor. So we we have to honor those spaces. We have to honor the, the community, and we have to honor the barbers and the clients because they vo- their voices matter. I let them know that, that, that they are enough. Yes. Well, and it was fun to watch on your website. There are some <clears throat> clips of some of the barbers that are involved in the program. And yes. it's very clear how proud they are to be a part of the program. And it's kind of like probably some of the work they were doing already, right? They're already mm-hmm. having relationships. How do I do this better and really support people with all the access and all the information possible? Mm-hmm. I found myself being like, I wish I was a barber. <laughs> like it was just really, I mean, it was yeah. exciting that you can be such yes. an important person to someone. Yes, because believe it or not, people want to see a testimony, not hear one. They yeah. want to, they want to see, they don't want to see your, they don't want to see how far you've came and, you know, the things that you've accomplished now. They want to see, okay, where did you go when you needed that support? How can I get to the next level? Because I can say all day about, you know, now, but I got to tell you when I was at the root of the problem, when I was that root and I was having the branches and the trees, that's really important to, to, to know that barbers have that platform to be vulnerable and have the platform to share their experiences because believe it or not, we're all, we all have been through certain situations in our lives, you know, um, and, and it's important to definitely continue to build and continue to help the, the barbers know that they have the support. We, uh, we also do coalition calls. This is like 30, 30 minute power calls to you know, talk about certain issues, not just on mental health. We talk about positive relationships. We talk about toxic relationships. We talk about leveraging professional and business, professional and personal relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talk about, we just talk about life. We talk about manhood. We talk about family. We talk about toxic masculinity. These are important subjects that are relevant now because we know, especially in the barber industry, we know that it's good, great to talk about mental health, but we have to have other subjects that are extensions 
of those wraparound services. Yeah. Because we had an event in Jackson, Mississippi, where we had other wraparound services to come in and talk about resources in the community, such as uh, we had an insurance lady that kind of came in to talk about health insurance, mm-hmm. had another gentleman talk about life insurance. This is important for barbers to have because a lot of barbers, you know, they're self-employed. So a lot of barbers don't have the necessary services, you know, to be better and to say, okay, I have health insurance. Mm-hmm. I have life insurance just in case something happens to me, then my family is taken care of. We went, we went to that event and, and half of the the room raised their hand and said they didn't have health insurance. Mm-hmm. That was alarming, but we had someone there to say, hey, I can sign you up for health insurance. Here's my card. Here's my information. Yeah, I love that. It's just exciting to think about how many resources you have that are available, that mm-hmm. untapped resources. And like what you said before, this is unconventional. Well, conventional isn't working. So no. it's like unconventional is, I mean, it's, it's important to try something new. If what we've been doing is not sufficient, isn't, isn't getting to where people need to help. Um, in, in what you've been working with, with the barbers, are there any, like, what are the holes you're seeing in the mental health system that we have going right now? Like, what do you see as like the flaws that, that are keeping people sick and people not being able to get what they need to, to, keep moving forward with the healthcare industry right now i feel like um you know as far as you know insurance you know we have to tackle the the uninsured if we're going to solve this problem we need to have we need to have solutions to where we're tackling the uninsured especially in communities of color Mm -hmm. to where they'll be able to have free medical and you know mental health services because it's like when you go to the doctor you get you get that checkup but we need to get a mental checkup as well you know if we think about the climate right now we have we have uh, men women and children that are homeless we need to take have a system in place to where we'll be able to take care of them mm-hmm. because we got to look at it like this what if that was one of our family members what if that was us because it could happen. And I believe that our healthcare systems are broken right now because we don't have free services, mental health services. I mean, and I understand that, you know, clinicians and everything, I get that. But at the same time, if there is a way where we can bridge the gap in between, you know, the clinicians where so, so often where they have, you know, free services, Mm-hmm. You know, because it's, it's about, you know, it's like a, a, the law, you know, lawyers, they have to do pro bono work. Yeah. So I'm thinking like with, you know, some way to where interns and therapists have to where they're able to do, you know, have free, you know, free sessions every so often. Because, you know, right now we we are not we're not meeting as healthcare services is not meeting the needs of the people so that's why the confess project is here yeah to bridge the gap and other organizations that's doing wonderful work in mental health yeah and that's why we believe in partnerships and we believe in meeting people where they are and changing the mindset and the language mm-hmm. and stop you know and we we don't that's why we were very big on self-care 
-hmm. we're big on mental health days and we're big on, you know, to do this work, we have to be present and we have to be effective, but we have to be well as well. And I think you, what you said about language is so important. You have to speak the same language, really. Mm -hmm. Like if somebody comes in, I I was almost thinking about what you said about everybody about insurance, not covering what it, what needs to be covered. And it almost seems like there also needs to be a different credentialing program. Like I have been to a lot of school. Mm -hmm. I still probably, it it might be hard for me to help someone sitting in a barber chair, given our different experiences, you know, and, and how do we credential or value the person who has lived experiences that then is helping somebody? Like, why should someone get reimbursed for insurance money like me, but not someone who has lived a life that is better able to help someone else. Do you know right. what I mean? I know what you mean. So yeah. another thing too, uh, Megan, we do have a referral system where we have, um, we have a barbers and we, we have barbers that go to clinicians that are partnered with us. Mm-hmm. So basically say we have a, um, we have an Atlanta, we just launched a city in wow. Atlanta and everything. We have an office there. We have a program manager and also a uh, community organizer. So, for instance, if there is a, a barber that's in need of services, then we have clinicians on hand to say, hey, here you go. Here's we have a client here that's needing services. Can you can you see him? Mm-hmm. So there's an agreement in between the Confess Project and the therapist to see clients, you know, when 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 they can. So we have a, a we have a prefla of clinicians that are partnered with us in that. our cities. Yeah. I guess I'm saying like also the barbers could be considered clinicians in some way. You know, I mean yeah. if they're getting mm-hmm. that training, like at what point can we say if there's not enough therapists of color to serve a population, how do how do we change that? How do we get, you know, I, I don't know. It's just um just something I was thinking about. Like, how do you get more people on board? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I say this is that, you know, being an advocate is lifelong. Yeah. You know, when you think about advocacy, you know, advocacy is just not one day you got it all together mm-hmm. because you have to advocate for yourself and for your family, but you got to take care of yourself first. It's like being in an airplane when the, when the uh, mask comes down to say, take care of yourself first and then take care of other people. So we got to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves and, and being, and being that, that advocate and being the um, ambassador for, for our clients, you know, especially barbers because barbers need to also have that certification, but that certification is that the TCP mental health training that we provide Mm -hmm. a TCP mental health advocate. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a that's like a stamp in approval to say, hey, you are a mental health advocate, mm-hmm. but we know that you know experts are the clinicians. But like you said, how do we bridge that gap into to making the experts with lived experiences, mm-hmm. or get the barbers some insurance money <laughs> to pay them for being? Yes, yes, I know, I know a lot of insurance companies they they're doing it innovative ways to to honor the barbers but during our trainings we've spoken with a lot of uh, organizations to where we we want them to be compensated for taking the training mm-hmm. because as you know with COVID-19 a lot of barbers were out of work from March all the way up to June or July 
we got to, we definitely got to um, compensate them for their time mm-hmm. and energy. Yeah. Uh, our trainings are two hours. We do a presentation. We do a mask experiment as well, where we talk about, um, you know, suicide prevention and everything and, uh, and undoing the mask and how to, you know, how to help someone that's in crisis or, or about to commit, you know, commit suicide. Um, and the barbers, what better way to, for them to be able to bridge that gap and, and able to, to continue to break the stigma and continue to be that lay counselor, mm-hmm. yeah, be that uh, advocate mm-hmm. in the barbershop. <clears throat> yeah, and I love the idea too of, I was talking to someone recently just about this idea of mental health and how it's not just what's going wrong. You know, it's, it doesn't have to just be, oh, you're having a hard time, but like, what's going well, like what brings you joy? What makes you excited? What makes you, what are your goals? You know, like, and so it can be the, the things that are struggles, but then it can also be those things that get you excited that make you want to wake up every morning and start the day and, you know, get into your community and give back and, you know, keep your energy going. And that's why we, that's why we, you know, utilize those uh, coalition calls and, you know, um, webinars and also TA, you know, uh, as well, because we want to let the barbers know that, you know, like I said before, your value, mm-hmm. your honor, you appreciate it okay. and your voice matters. Yeah. And it's like a trickle down effect. It's like, you're telling them that then they can go out and tell other people mm-hmm. that who then can go out and tell other people that it's just, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Cause we're actually, you know, we're the road to 1 million campaign. We're getting ready for a tour in March from March to, to May. Okay. We're going to be on the Northeast part of the country on the East coast. And we're going to go to, to barbershops and train barbers to be mental health advocates, but we, we partner with Gillette as well. So Gillette is one of our biggest partners. I love that. How do people learn more about this tour if they want to um, see you in their city? Well, what, what's going to happen is we're going to New York, Boston, and Philly. Okay. And we're going to be there for a week. We've already started the preparations on, you know, contacting barbershops and, and seeing, okay, we're coming to your city. We want to come to your barbershop. So if anyone wants to, you know, inquire about the Confess Project, you can reach us on www.theconfessproject.com and also follow us on all social media handles. We're on Instagram, we're on Twitter and Facebook, but also go to our our website and go to join the coalition and you'll be able to, to put your information in there and someone will contact you from my department and be able to walk you through the process of becoming a TCP mental health advocate. We need community barbers, we need strong, we need barbers that are willing to take a stand and take the charge. We also have barber stylists in in the coalition as well. And we, like I said, we pride ourselves on building community among the barbers because the barber the barber coalition is a brotherhood and a sisterhood because we have we have barber stylists that are that are in our coalition as well i want to give a shout out to all my barbers my black barbers in the u.s right now that's that's on the on the front lines that's really in the community and and being being that lay counselor for your clients uh and also give a shout out to gillette and and all our partners and, and just the team and and everybody that's fighting the good fight against mental illness, 
because one in five individuals will be diagnosed with a mental illness. I love that. And I love everything you're doing. Is there anything that you were hoping you could talk more about that I didn't ask you about? No, just uh, we're looking at coming to cities near you. Uh, We're actually wanting to to come to cities. uh, You know, if you want us to come to your city, you can contact the Confess Project and and we can get you on the calendar. Uh, We're looking at doing more tours from June to December go to different cities. So, you know, if you want us to come to your city, hey, get, you know, email us, contact us on our contact us, and we can start to have the conversation because we need, the more cities we get to, the more the message can be clear Mm -hmm. and precise because we're ending stigma. That's the ultimate goal is to end stigma and have better individuals to be greater, to be, you know, to break those generational curses, break, you know, the unresolved trauma because it is hurting our communities right now. Yes. That's so awesome. I love, I love everything you guys are working on. And I think, I mean, that's one of the things that I think that it's taken me a long time to realize is just that people just kind of want to know they're not the only ones. Like you're not the only one who's having this issue. We're going to treat you special and like, because you are special, but but a lot of the things we go through as individuals are not specific to, you know, one person or someone else. You know, and I'm going to tell you this too. Um, we need co-conspirators. Mm-hmm. We need allies to help us continue to fight the stigma. Four years ago, I was not the same man I am today think about, you know, my mother and I think about, you know, my own, my own, you know, mental, mental illness, you know, and I think about those times where I didn't have a voice. I'm fighting for those, those individuals that don't have a voice. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in therapy right now myself. Me too. So, um, you know, therapist had needs a therapist, you know, um, so I am focusing on developing skills and, and, and healing because we got to heal mm-hmm. in order for us to be those, uh, those iconic, you know, members of society and, and, and really in the community, we got to heal. Mm-hmm. We have to heal because if we don't, we're going to go through the same cycle mm-hmm. for the next generation. Well, I am thankful that you are using your voice in the way that you are. And uh, you can count me in as an ally slash co-conspirator. I'm excited to support your project and to spread the word. Um, And one of the questions that I typically ask people at the end of the podcast is just, what is like one thing that you try to do for yourself that keeps you feeling healthy so that you can go out and and help others? Well, I got three people. Well, actually three people that I, that I look to. First of all, I, 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 you know, my higher power. Secondly, my family. Thirdly, my grandmother. Mm. So those are the three that I really, you know, when I'm having hard days, you know, when, when the work is, is definitely difficult. Those are the three people that I turn to, but I also turn to my organization, the Confess Project, too, mm-hmm. because we help each other, we honor each other, but we really, we embody what an organization should look like. Yeah. 
I feel it. I mean, I am just so excited about the work you're doing. Our world needs it. And I think I'm excited to share the message so that people can get on board and support you in whatever way they feel called to do. And I want to, and I also want to, you know, let you know that we as people, we have a duty and we have a, a obligation to take a stand for what's, you know, what's right. Because at the end of the day, it's so much hurt in the world right now. And it's gonna take it's gonna take more than just, you know, years. It's gonna take it's gonna take decades for us to really heal. I think a part of that is the patience, right? That you're talking about. It's yes. like how do you stay patient when wanting change to happen now, today, and sort of staying the course. And I think that's where we have to, you know, hold each other up and support each other because some people are going to feel strong sometimes, and then some people are going to need, you know, it's just kind of, um, but anyway, it, well, it has been such a treat talking to you, and I'm so excited to share the message and the work of the Confess Project. I think it's just a brilliant concept, and I am excited to see it out in the world. Yes, yes. Thank you, and and uh, we appreciate you so much for the work that you're doing with your Family Brain podcast and really honoring, you know, grassroots organizations that really do the real work and and really intentional about, you know, caring for the people because it's power for the people and to the people. Thank you, Darnell. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the family brain. Check us out on Instagram family brain podcast. I'm new to TikTok at family brain podcast. And I also have a Facebook page. The TikTok is a little bit embarrassing right now, but my hope is that with my growth mindset, it will become better over time. But right now, as my kids say, it's very cringy. Although that may never change. I'm not sure about that. Um, So thank you so much for listening. Check out the Confess Project. I just love what they're doing. And I have a feeling this is going to be a really big program throughout the United States. It's already spreading. And I think... It just makes good sense. So check it out and look us up online. If you get a chance, I would love it if you would subscribe to the Family Brain Podcast and leave a review. The reviews are kind of tricky sometimes. You got to scroll all the way down past all the episodes and there's a spot that says rate and leave a review. If you could do that, that will help other people find this episode. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.